0: Welcome, my name is Najar, better known as Woozy, and this is the Creative Balance Show presented by Woozy Apparel. A show where we sit with creatives, hustlers, entrepreneurs, and other brand builders to understand their stories and the balance needed for their success. Today, we have the pleasure of sitting down with the amazing DJ Case. DJ Case is just that, a DJ, but don't be fooled, her hustle and drive doesn't allow her to only hold one title. She is also a producer, musician, and a pet lover from the city of LA. Join us as we go through her journey of self-discovery in music, the hard decision to move back home, and the importance of maintaining your mental to truly enjoy your craft. Enjoy the show. guys to another episode of the creative balance show it's your boy woozy and we're here in at 88 keys in long beach is long beach
1: yeah long beach lakewood
0: okay lakewood um (laughs) shout out to omar for allowing us to uh, record here big shout out make sure you check it out if you're from the la area it's a really dope spot actually it
1: is it's really dope very jealous it's my first time being here but i would love to come back
0: yeah exactly as soon as possible (laughs) And, yeah, I'm here with a special guest. you hear chit-chatting a little bit with me, but I'll let her introduce herself.
1: What's up, y'all? My name is DJ Case. Um, yeah, I'm a DJ, producer, photographer, videographer, um, all, musician, all types of stuff. Animal lover.
0: <laughs> Animal lover?
1: Yeah, I have to slide that in.
0: Do you have animals?
1: I do. I have... Um, with me, I have a dog, a German Shepherd. She's been with me for about eight years. I brought her from Fresno. Yeah. And then I have a cat. Her name is Hobbs. She used to have a brother, Calvin. Calvin and Hobbs. Um, but he's no longer with us. But she is. So, you know, we're all good.
0: That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. That's dope. So I want to kind of really, well, first check in, you know. Happy belated birthday. Thank you. At the time of recording this, just had a birthday. Yeah. How's that feel?
1: Um, You know what? People ask, oh, do you feel older? <laughs> I do. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I feel a little bit older in my body. Um, mentally, though, I feel um, like I'm I'm evolving. Yeah. Yeah. N- things are getting a little bit, things aren't always going to be in my grasp, but I'm getting a, a bit more of a handle on, on things. So, do,
0: Is it yeah. true that things get a little bit clearer as you get older? Like <laughs> as far as like goals?
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 um, (laughs) Just, you know, not saying like I know exactly what I want to do, but I know where to put my focus towards. I know what I want to spend my time on, Mm -hmm. with whom I want to spend my time with.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. So definitely things do get clearer.
0: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I wanted to, so I want to start off first because, you know, I met you in Fresno. Actually, I don't have my water bottle, but I still have a sticker that, when you really? do, yeah, it's like a. You had the two headphones, the DJ case. Oh yeah. All my letters are gone, but I just have the headphones <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> so oh, like, I got it. I got it. Should be on a new uh, yeah. sticker. I got you. But
0: I've been. I remember when I, I think you're at Strummers when I first listened listened yeah. to you listened to a set, and uh, definitely know how to pick a good set list. So <laughs> followed you a little bit on uh in the Fresno scene and. Found out you moved out to LA. Heard things are doing better for you out here. And oh yeah, on this, you know, I wanted to kind of go into the story of DJ Case and up. So I wanted to first like start off with, you know, where are you from?
1: Yeah, well, I am from LA, born and raised in uh, Englewood, then Carson. Okay. Um, I was out here until I was 18. Went to Fresno for college. Um But while I was out here, I did a lot of uh i did majorly three things I went to school, went to church, and I played tennis and um I was really good at all th- uh, at most of those things yeah.
0: <laughs> she's like all three
1: <laughs> um school was school was a little different because I learned differently okay and i I get bored very easily, but I learned so quickly mm-hmm. so um when it came to like test and and just like grabbing my attention in everyday classes. Uh, it, was, it was difficult, but um, you know, I was in the honor program, magnet school, all that type of stuff. So uh, I, I made it through yeah. oh, that to say I made it through. <laughs> was able to go to college, <laughs> um, but I did learn a lot of things and I learned very quickly and I'm able to teach myself um, a lot of things very quickly. And that goes into like the things that I do today. Almost everything I do today, I've taught myself how to do. Yeah, there have been those those um, uh, those pivotal people who uh, take me aside and they're like, let me teach you this one thing. Let me teach you this skill. Let me teach you blah, blah, blah. And I've I've learned and I've like uh, basically focused heavily on those things and grabbed a little pieces like pieces from here and there. Um, But for the majority of stuff, especially the beginning of things. Yeah. I taught myself how to do. Okay. Yeah.
0: I wanted to ask you too. You said so you grew up in this area, not this specific area, but yeah. the LA area.
1: Oh yeah, well South Bay area. Yeah, I was down in Lakewood all the time over in Torrance. Okay. So Carson is in between like um Torrance, Lakewood, Long Beach, Downey, Compton area. So and because I went to school in San Pedro, I was in this area way more than I was in downtown LA. Okay. Yeah, I actually started going to like downtown LA, NoHo, North Hollywood um, as an adult when I moved back. Okay.
0: Um, I want so I want to ask you because you know, I'm I, when I was younger I used to live in Hawthorne.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I don't, I can't claim LA because I'm mostly from Fresno. <laughs> but I'm like, I would like to let people know like, hey, yeah, I, w- I lived in Hawthorne for a little bit. <laughs> But I want to ask you, like, for people who aren't, like, familiar with, like, what it would be like to grow up in a neighborhood like L.A. or an L.A.-like area where it's so much going on. Like, I want you to talk about that a little bit. Like, how was it?
1: Man, I have a little different experience Uh um, because I I mainly did those three things. I was kind of sheltered as a kid. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. the um, The first festival I went to, the music festival I went to, I DJ'd at. Oh, and that really? was, yeah, that was in Fresno. That was Grizzly Fest.
0: Oh, snap. Yeah. So <laughs> Hey, shout out <laughs> to Grizzly Fest.
1: Really, straight up <laughs> shout <laughs> out to Grizzly Fest. Um, yeah, I, when it came to like music, music was always a big part of my life. Uh huh. But like the music scene, I'm just now getting into that in LA. Okay. Like when I moved back, now I'm in the music scene. Okay. I, I didn't know that growing up. But um, I came from a, a suburb. Just to be, just to be transparent, I'm a suburb kid. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "I'm not, I'm not in, it. <laughs> right. I'm not in um, it, right? We are close to, um, we are close to Compton and and Gardena and stuff like that, but it was very much so the suburbs. Okay, um, where we would play in our backyard, we would go, um, go to the park and stuff like that. I didn't really like. We knew our neighbors, but. Mm-hmm i wasn't over at their house and I, they didn't have like kids for me to play with like okay. we were the way the the houses the way the people actually like lived in um in our neighborhood now that i'm thinking about it like we didn't have a lot of kids on our street yeah. like that even though there was an elementary school right down the street yeah. that i went to uh-huh. on our street itself there weren't a lot of kids there
0: okay yeah so and did you have like do you have like childhood friends yeah and like, oh, where, how did you hang out with them? Was like family friends or?
1: Um, a lot of my childhood friends were from church. Oh wow! Yeah, and I still like we church family. We keep in contact. Shout out to my church family. Um, <laughs> every time I bring someone up, we let's just be like, shout out to them. No, I'm
2: just
0: kidding. Yeah, I'm not, always.
1: <laughs> but um, I did have a few friends that uh, went to my elementary school, um, and we would just hang out there a few friends that when when I started getting bussed out to schools cuz I didn't go to school in Carson uh-huh. after middle school. So, um I'd start getting bussed out to like um to San Pedro um, area. So, um I'd have friends that we would like I'd walk home with, mm-hmm. but I wasn't really the way my parents were set up and I I'm not mad yeah. because the the world is crazy. <laughs> the world is so crazy. So yeah. I'm not really mad that I was Sheltered, because I wasn't like super sheltered. Yeah, like I, I still experienced the world, but wasn't really able to like you know spend the night over a friend's house. Okay, yeah, because like my parents didn't really know their parents, and anything could have happened. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad that that my parents <laughs> kept me away from the possibility of those things happening. Yeah, yeah,
0: that makes a lot of sense. I like I like how you. You know, because sometimes, especially when you're like a teenager, you're like bitter, like all my friends are over there and I can't be over. I'm at home. But I mean, I think it's also good that you had like other things occupying your time.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I got to go over to friends' houses, especially like my tennis friends, too, Um, when they would have events um, like family events. I grew up around a lot of like uh, black Filipino and Samoan uh, people. Okay so I was introduced to the food very quickly and i I love any ethnicity, any type of food that yeah. is home cooked yeah, I don't care what it is if it's home <laughs> cooked, I'm eating it, yeah, and I'm enjoying it <laughs> <laughs> so I was introduced to that, and I got to um i got to uh like go over their houses, you know if there's a big group of us, and then we'd like i'd get picked up and and go back home. But there was never like spending the night, nothing like that, really. Do you have um, a favorite
0: food, like a favorite ethnic food? Oof.
1: I have to say Jamaican only because I'm Jamaican.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay. It makes sense. Yeah. Okay.
1: And it's the best. Jamaican food is the best. Sorry. Shout outs to everybody else, but I'm sorry. Jamaican food is the best.
0: I mean, I see jerk on everything, so it makes sense. There
1: it is. <laughs> you, you heard it here first. Yes.
0: <laughs> but I want it, I think that's pretty cool. I, I really, I really. I don't know. I didn't. I don't. I didn't expect anything, but like I definitely didn't expect that. Like that's pretty. That's pretty neat, especially being in a city like LA. Because I definitely had the ghetto LA experience. when I was here like walking everywhere. Granted, we I'm just only with my family, but we're walking and riding the bus everywhere. And mm-hmm. like you said, it was a crazy. Is a is a good word. It's a crazy. It's, it's a crazy city. Yeah.
1: And I had, um, I mean, I had those experiences, but not as many as others do. Mm-hmm. I have friends that that had those experiences more than I did. Mm-hmm. But I'm never gonna front and be like, "Oh yeah, living in LA was tough." Like, yeah. no, <laughs> I, I grew up in a very privileged uh, household, and nice. and I acknowledge that very, very quickly. Um, doesn't mean I'm I don't still don't have the mindset of a hustler. I've been hustling since since. Uh, I was like 7 for no reason. For no reason. No reason at all. It's just in me.
0: What's <laughs> a 7-year-old hustle looking like?
1: Oh, you so when I was in elementary school, <laughs> Pokémon cards. Pokémon okay. came out and it came out heavy. Yeah. And I I remember for one of my birthdays I got a uh tracing book. Okay. Right to learn how to draw Pokémon. And so I was like, I'm just tracing it, you know, I'm putting it on different types of paper. Um you're supposed to use this tracing b- book to learn how to draw. But I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm just about to trace the, yeah. the heck out of all of these. <laughs> <laughs> so I, you know, sometimes shade in, in uh, black and whites, do some color. And kids at my school were like, oh, that's dope. How much? <laughs> and I was like, 25 for the black and white, 50 cents for the uh, for the color ones. Yeah. In a week, I made 20 bucks. Nice only reason I stopped is because there was this girl at my school whose mom worked at the school and she she kept she was an addict she
0: she she kept buying them
1: (laughs) she kept coming and was like I want this one I want that one and I'm just like okay chill we have other customers like I can't you know I can't pump them out as quickly as you want me to you gotta hold you gotta chill And she was like if you don't give me what i want i'm telling my mom and i got scared as a kid because her mom worked for the school her mom worked there uh, as a librarian so Mm -hmm. i was like all right we're shutting the whole operation down so i made 20 dollars in a week off of like 25 cents 50 cents um always a hater it it, it'd be the haters (laughs) (laughs) so you you either got to push through or you just got to shut it down and move on and that's That's what i did i moved on to other things um I remember after that i was like (laughs) i used to have like i say used to because i don't write as much like um, my penmanship yeah um i don't my penmanship used to be very very good and i know they don't teach cursive in school anymore but i used to have really nice cursive okay um and so i'd have like i'd be in the third grade and i have fifth graders coming up to me and, and saying oh, man, that's dope. Like, your handwriting's so nice. Yeah. Can you write this for me? And I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, for a fee.
0: For a fee. It's there's always a fee attached.
1: <laughs> I mean, why work for free?
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> so so that's what I did. Um, yeah. And honestly, my hustle mentality is why I'm a DJ today. OK. Uh, you want to hear that story right now?
0: Well, I, I want to actually ask you, where does that stem from?
1: Where does the hustle? Yeah. I I have no idea.
0: <laughs> it's just <laughs> like, in me. Yeah. You got any family members like dad, grandpa, uncle?
1: I'm just going to say it's because I'm Jamaican. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I've never been to Jamaica, but I've also I've definitely seen the videos of like them really getting to it like
1: oh yeah the stereotype of like jamaicans are lazy because we like they smoke weed and blah 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 it's a big old stereotype it's not true like jamaicans the other stereotype that jamaicans have three jobs like it's it it, one of them has to be true yeah (laughs) and to be honest it's the jamaicans have three jobs three or more jobs yeah (laughs) 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 like like, we're all we're hard workers yeah and i i I know other ethnicities are, other people are. It's yeah. not just a generic like blanket, but it—that's basically it's in me. Like yeah. there was no reason why I had to. I wasn't struggling growing up. Um, at a time I was, mm-hmm. right? But um, and it kept me. Um, it kept me in those times when I wa- was struggling. But in the beginning, I wasn't. Yeah. So there was no reason for me to hustle. It was just in me.
0: Just in you. Yeah. So I want to. I want to ask you. Cause I want I'm gonna get into the DJ thing, but I'm gonna ask you this real quick, cause I want to know where did you say you're always into music, but you only recently went to a, a festival not that long ago. Where where does that come from? Like, is your family like, were they heavy into music as well? Or,
1: yeah, my my family is a, a pretty like, we love music, mm-hmm. and we have a few musicians in the family. Um, and we my parents have just always played music mm-hmm. and very like eclectic type of um uh of song choices and that uh, you'll see that in my sets where i'll go from this genre the, to that genre from this okay. artist to that artist um and i'll make them blend together so well that you would think it was intentional mm-hmm. and it is on my part but um yeah that's just how i do it um i've grown up listening f- to R&B gospel, um, all decades um, to folk music. Okay, like that's what is playing in my household. Yeah, <laughs> um, to rock to just all types of genres. There nice. is one genre that I absolutely cannot stand. Say it's country. It's country.
0: I'm not gonna lie, I'm getting into country lately. <laughs> I can't lie. I, I got there's a song called One Beer. I'm addicted to it. I found my country voice. <laughs> so I I was with you. Like maybe if you got me a year before, I'm like, yeah, I hate country, but Thomas Red starting to win me over <laughs> some people. It's low-key like rap. <laughs> this is I don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> they be catching the beat, man. I'm not going to lie. Low
1: key, country is low-key like rap. I didn't say that. <laughs> I'm echoing this. This is not supported by DJ Case.
0: Hey, I'm going um, to
2: stand on it.
1: Oh uh, Well, um, they are good storytellers. They're yeah. good storytellers. Um, that's about it. That's all I have to say about yeah.
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, what's some... Um, you know, you, I know you said it was like a, it was a bunch of music in your household. So like, is there like any instruments or like um, maybe, maybe artists or anything like that that really stand out? Stand out.
1: Well, when we talk about instruments, um, I'm a drummer. Okay. So I love a lot of the songs that I love have a heavy drum beat, um, and my musical taste has changed throughout the years too. Um, artists I grew up on because of my older sisters, I grew up on um, East Coast, uh-huh. uh, hip hop, um, 90s, R&B, uh, early 2000s, because that's when I was a kid. Um, yeah, that type of stuff, like Lauryn Hill, Tribe Called Quest, okay um, Erica Badu, Jill Scott, like that, that's my jam. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's cake. my jam, and then we get into the two thousands, Ludacris, um, just you know, it's just stuff like that. Ashanti, all that, I love it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you, you can definitely my, tell you love the music.
1: Yeah, that's my default. I can play anything. Yeah, Temptations to Selena. Okay, it, it, it those are those are in my uh, my playlist at all <laughs> times. But my jam, like, if you really want to have a, a great time and, and see. Um, me just excel 90s um and t- early 2000s okay yeah
0: yeah. Makes- the oddity of the hustler spirit is that it's almost impossible to pinpoint its beginnings but it's easy to notice its characteristics dj case described her childhood as being sheltered growing up in the burbs focused on only three things school church and tennis yet that didn't stop her from capitalizing on opportunities as they arise From selling Pokemon drawings for a fee to using her penmanship to make some extra dough, it's safe to say that the hustler spirit has been there from a young age. But we can't forget a less promoted characteristic of a true hustler. The inner pressure to be honest. DJ Cage doesn't act like someone she isn't. She boldly expresses who she is, which, as we continue to listen, we'll hear how that spirit helps her to strive to be the best she can be in her craft. what's up so I want to get into now where like you said you named different things a bunch of different things you you got into like where did where does it start for you like I would I would say that you're creative you know like of the things that I've heard you say that you do and I want to ask you like where does that like where does that like begin you know like I know you said like where has it been like begin as far as like a career path
1: Mm. I think, so I went to college and what I went to college for, I went to college for animal sciences. That's why I say I'm an animal lover, but I've always had animals and I've always loved animals um, from the point where I was like a little girl in the backyard <laughs> playing with snails and <laughs> and um, and nursing baby birds okay. uh, with broken wings, back to health, stuff like that. Um, but when I got to college, I was like, hmm. I don't think this is really what I want to do, mm. and then I started producing and making music. Before then, I had done a lot of writing and um, played around with instruments, and and um, I was a musician. But I actually started producing in college. Okay. And then uh, very quickly after that, I started DJing. Okay. I'm glad I was a producer before I was a DJ. Um, And I'm glad I was a musician before any of that stuff, because that's that's not um, that's very rare to see and find a a, a DJ that understands um, not only just like how music works um, as a whole, Mm -hmm. like composition, um, melodics, uh, knows how to really count bars, phrasing, all that type of stuff but is also a musician, understands keys. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of DJs that do not mix in key. <laughs> no. I'm not gonna say that's okay, but it's working for them. Yeah. For some of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you'll you know the difference when a, a DJ is a musician and understands music, really.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, I can sit here and and know every single artist know every single sample of every single song. Uh, but if I don't know how to, you know, I don't know the keys and how to mix and key, that's going to, it's the, it's a big flaw. Yeah. Um, and you'll see a lot of people like I have my flaws. Yeah. You'll see a lot of people who are really good at emceeing and um, and hype the crowd that way. And that's how they get around uh, their flaws. But Um, my, my goal in life is whatever I do is to be well-rounded. Yeah. Um, at, at it. Um, yeah. And because I do a lot of things, I hope to one day be a master of something. Okay. Um, and know everything like ins and outs of it. But I, I want to be as well-rounded as possible. Makes sense.
2: Yeah. So I
0: want to ask you, you said that, um, you're happy that you were a musician then a producer, and then a DJ. And I understand you talked about a little bit about the phrasing, things like that, but... and the keys, like the key of the music. Mm-hmm. But, like, what's, what do you feel like is, like, the biggest, like, strength that comes from that? Just...
2: Oof.
1: I can... I haven't done it yet, but I've done a, a lot of... of DJing other types of music in different languages. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason I'm able to do that is because I understand what a waveform looks like. I can look at a waveform and not even listen to it and know where the kick and the snare is because I'm a, I've been producing. Um, and so it, it, basically you just have to know that and know how to count bars and math. Basic math, okay. and then you can transition and mix songs that way. I did a whole set one time in Fresno. Um, shout out to the the homie Ome DJ. Um, it was at her. Uh, it was in the backyard of one of her family members, and she and they're Latina, uh, Latino, and um, and so she they had their um, their laptop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And they were just like, hey, DJ. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So I took Spanish in high school. Um, I'm, I know a little bit. Yeah. Um, not enough.
2: Yeah. Not enough <laughs> for, for the
1: years that I took. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but I was able to DJ for a good, uh, over an hour. Okay. Of music that I knew maybe two songs. Okay. And the reason I was able to do that is because, again, I can look at the music and and before and cue it up and know what I need to do before even listening to it. Listen to it real quick and then boom, transition. Mm -hmm. And it's just understanding how music is made, because, yes, there are some anomalies um, in the music and all of music. But for the most part, mainstream music is pretty much set up the same. You're going to have a chorus verse chorus or verse chorus like it's gonna yeah. be it's very similar yeah. and knowing phrasing knowing how to count uh, understanding what things look like visually mm-hmm. I'm able to do that so I don't really have to like listen as much now do I take advantage of that yes very much so <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes uh, I, I don't prep as much as I should Yeah. Um, but that also makes it um very good to like on the fly if someone's like hey can you play this song and i'm like oh shoot like i've never heard this song before yeah but yes i can't play it <laughs> yes nice. i can't mix it into what i'm doing
0: is it is it true that when people do that, that like djs hate it
1: it depends yeah but for the most part yes <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you why because uh, we understand that we're not saying that it's not a good song it may just not be a good song for right now yeah Especially when people are like, "Oh my gosh, can you play something I'm, I can dance to?" And you look out on the dance floor and people are dancing, and it's like, <laughs> "Okay,
0: dance your dance." So <laughs> it has
1: it has definitely bitten me mm-hmm. um, many times where I take a request, I play the request, and then everyone on the dance floor is like, "What
0: the heck? Who put this on?"
1: Yeah. So what I do sometimes is say. This is a special request by, yeah, so and so, or by the bride, or you know, um, not to really like throw them under the bus, but to for people to understand like this is the host of the of the event, and they want to hear this right now. Yeah, exactly. Now, if it's a random person that comes up to me and they have no affiliation to really like <laughs> strong affiliation to anyone, I will say I'll do the best I can. I'll try it out. I'll listen to it in the headphones. If it does not go, I'm not playing it, or yeah. I'll play it later. Um, if they happen to tip me, you know what money talks, yeah. <laughs> but for the most part, um, we understand this, the music that you like is what you like. Um, but you, there's so many different factors that go into, um, transitioning from song to song and also just like really keeping the, the, the party going. Exactly. One of the biggest things is people will always come up and they want a song and it's never in the same BPM. So it's not even close most of the time. (laughs) Like if I'm going like this and you come and you ask for a song that's like, like it, I can't, I can't do that. I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait till I slow down the set till I make it more intimate or, um, or not. And there are also the type of requests where people come up and they're like, oh, can you play this? And it's like, if you were here five minutes earlier, you would have heard that song. (laughs) <laughs> I can't I can't play it right now because it's just bad on my part. Yeah. So if I'm playing for another two hours, you'll hear it at the end of the two hours. <laughs> just yeah. being honest. I might play it again at the end of the two hours, but if this is a forty five to an hour set, you're not gonna hear it. Sorry, yeah. I just played it. And so it's just letting people know and and um being as understanding as possible in um in their approach and also in your explanation. Yeah.
0: I remember I was learning a little bit about DJing. I I, I always admire DJs because I can't do it. Like, I can make a playlist, but I can't make, like, a playlist where I, the song goes into another one. Like, I just don't have that ear. What? Yeah. I'm, I mean, maybe if I took some time, but I don't, I I'm, I'm, I just, I'm trash at it. I was like, too many weird music. I'm like, I don't, I, I just, like, learned about um, energy levels. Like, I don't know if it's technically energy levels, but, like, I was watching a breakdown of, like, of, like, famous people's sets. Mm-hmm. And, like, watching how they, like get the energy level up mm-hmm. and then bring it down for a rest and then bring it back up and, like, not, not realizing that's what they're doing, but when you hear it, like, now realizing that, like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, like, a everybody's on the dance floor, and it's, like, okay, everybody chill out mm-hmm. and then bring it back up. And I was, like, wow. Like, even, like, watching, like, how a rave DJs, like, a person who does raves, how they DJ, and theirs is a little bit different than someone who's, like, a, you know, a hip-hop party and yeah. things like that. Oh, yeah. And it, it's pretty neat to, like, not to realize, like, there's a lot more that really goes into it for sure.
1: Oh, there's a lot. <coughs> Yeah, and one thing that I do is I take a little bit of each. I was blessed to learn off of hip-hop DJs, house DJs, EDM DJs, um, open format. Um, That's technically what I am right now is is open format, and one of the things that's great is um, so I can go from genre to genre, um, from BPM, beats per minute to to BPM, um, and my transitions will be different because of those different types of, um, lessons that I learned from DJs, uh, hip hop DJing is so different from house DJing (laughs) and, and in order, like imagine like transitioning, I think that's one of the things that set me apart is I would transition like a mixture of those two, Mm -hmm. um, with random like just regular hip-hop songs, hip-hop and R&B songs. Yeah. So like you don't usually hear that, the the type of like house build-up um, in a, in a um, hip-hop and R&B set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I think like early on that's really what set me apart, okay. um, especially in Fresno. Yeah.
0: We all have strengths and weaknesses. The difference between who's good and great is dependent on how you manage those differences. DJ Case found herself going down the path of being a musician, then a producer. But when she found herself on the turntables, those past experiences became her greatest strengths. She didn't stop there, though. She recognized her own weaknesses and learned from those around her to enable herself to be more well-rounded. Whether it be taking lessons from EDM DJs to better her transitions or using her knowledge of waveforms to branch out into new music. DJ Case has remained hungry to learn and perfect her craft, which has put her in positions to succeed. Now let's take a step back and find out the history of how she became a DJ to begin with. Yeah. So I want to ask you then, like, I know you said you learned how to DJ in college. And first of all, this is this, I just talked to Birdo not too long ago. Same thing. He said he he got a lot of his creative lessons from college, too. And yeah. The, I think people need to do more of that because i i mean granted we have we have a lot more information on the internet so you don't have to mm-hmm. but hey if you're in college take advantage of that I oh mean, yeah definitely especially we got you forced to take electives like why not do something cool like that but mm-hmm. i wanted to ask you like so where does that start What does that where does the story begin from college to then doing like paid sets like how does yeah. that work was it like you kind of like eased into it you fell into it what did that look like
1: yeah well it was uh 2006. No, I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) I remember the exact (laughs) day. Right. (laughs) No, I um, when I got to college, I had this before in high school, I had this laptop. It was a hand-me-down PC. Uh, I think it was a Dell. Okay. From my sister, older sister. And I remember my junior and senior year in high school uh, again on my hustle. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was making, I was burning MP3 CDs. Okay. All right. Aging myself right now. It's okay. I was <laughs> I know it's okay. It's <laughs> so <I'm still> fine. <laughs> um, no, but I was burning MP3 CDs and um <laughs> and I remember my friends would come up to me, they'd give me a list of like a thousand songs and I'd burn it on there. Uh like 10 bucks for yeah. a CD. I did that for one year immediately after I think it was um Actually, I think it was like mid junior. Uh, and the iPod came out, the first iPod came out. And I was like, okay, I have to adjust because I want to continue to do this, right? Um, so people literally gave me their brand new iPods and they said, hey, put a thousand songs, put these songs, and they'd write them out. So I would go onto like LimeWire and uh, download the songs. And, and at the time, we're kids, we're listening to mainstream music. So it was all the same, a thousand songs. Yeah. Um, and it varied. So like at the end of this, I literally went to college with 20,000 songs on my laptop. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's what's yeah. up. And a lot of it, like I would take my sister's CDs and burn and turn them into MP3s. Nice. Um, and and that was a good list that I had. I would to take my, my parents' old Old school stuff and put them on there too. So I had, and then the new stuff that I downloaded from LimeWire. Shout out to LimeWire. Um, LimeWire <laughs> so, influenced the whole generation. I know, right? Uh, so, the reason, so he's the reason why
0: we have Soldier Boy too.
1: So I did all that and uh, got to college, and um, you know had had that many songs, and I was like, okay, well I got some music. Um, I'm introverted. Hello. <laughs> shout out to my introverts. Um, I didn't really like partying, like like being on the dance floor, dancing in a half circle or circle with my girls. Like, that wasn't me yeah, at all. Still not really me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just like, I, you know, I'd stick over by the, the DJ booth. Yeah. At this point, I had no idea that I wanted to DJ. Yeah. I'd just be like, hmm, I like what they do. Let me see if I can teach myself how to do it. I bought a tiny Hercules controller. It was like It was smaller than a laptop. Um, threw a party at my place and just went from deck A to deck B, deck one to to (laughs) deck two, just boom, at the end of the song transition and beat. And I literally, for a good year, taught myself how to DJ. Nice. Just throwing house parties. Nice. And then someone was like, oh, can you DJ my wedding? And I said, okay. Yeah. And that's my first wedding, Uh, 50 bucks. Nice. Yeah, charged 50 bucks it was the homie um, and at that time she's my mentor and she's like yeah can you DJ my wedding and it went great after that my next wedding um, was 200 bucks nice Right? it was, it was in the back of a, um, of a million dollar house now it wasn't her house so that's why I only charged her 200 bucks yeah. but she had to connect and so um, after that it was just like boom boom this is what I'm doing Okay. Got some business cards printed out, and I was like, "All right, I'm DJing. I DJed at churches, DJed at kids' parties, um, and then just did a lot of like businesses, okay. private stuff. I was DJing private gigs and weddings for about five years before y'all even saw me in Fresno. Nice. Do a public stuff in and Strummers and, okay. and at Grizzly Fest. So I had about five years under my belt. Probably a little bit more before um before I really was like, all right, I'll take this public.
0: Okay. And how was that what what was that um well actually, I'm I'm always bad. I gotta acknowledge it. I yeah. think that's really dope to like, especially like, you know, they were talking about the overnight success. It's like you're really in the trenches for five years, DJing in private events. How was that reception when you went from private to public? Like was it was that even even not just the reception, but how was that um that transfer over, was it different? Was it easy? Was it hard?
1: Uh, It was definitely difficult. Um, I had to change my branding because before then I was doing a lot of private stuff, corporate stuff, so I was playing a lot of clean music. Mm. But now when I'm playing in a lounge in a club, they don't want to hear the clean versions. So my business cards went from clean music only to DJ Case.
2: Yeah, <laughs> nice.
1: Now uh, at corporate stuff, at like, I still, that's one of my questions. Like, do you want clean music only? Mm-hmm. Because I still, like, if there are kids around, I'm not playing, you know, <laughs> be this and, and th- like, I'm not doing that really. Yeah. Unless the mother says it is okay, yeah. then we will play it late at night. But I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, exactly. Um. So it's still a, a big part of who I am, mm-hmm. but my brand, it's not, it's not face, um, like forward, So um, it was a little difficult. I did have to um, and I'm still doing that is like branching out into like different types of music Mm -hmm. and not playing like the generic mainstream stuff, because that's what corporate and wedding is. It's like mainstream music stuff I hear on the radio, the stuff I love, (laughs) the stuff I grew up listening to. Mm -hmm. Now, when I'm in clubs and lounges and and um, and just like, you know, doing regular like festival stuff I get to experiment and Mm -hmm. and I get to play remixes some that I found some that I produced myself nice and I just get to like really show you guys the the creative part of me the musician part of me nice yeah Yeah. so
0: there's like there's a more freedom in the in the in the open space oh definitely yeah oh yeah it's
1: fun I, I love all the types of events that I do but What really feeds my soul is when I just get to do me, and that's I feel like that's really when I thrive is when people just enjoy the 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 journey that that I'm taking them on, the atmosphere that I'm creating, because that's literally what I do. Nice. Is I'm an atmosphere changer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's that, but that's that's a test to your skill too, because some people. I've, I've been to a couple of DJ sets where, um, actually, funny story, I was in Utah, mind you. That was you your first mistake. No, actually, sh- shout out to Salt Lake City. All right. Underrated. <laughs> yeah. There was, oh man, I'm so bad. I don't remember the name of the club right now, but it was a club where you go in and the, the first area you walk in is like like Latino music, mm-hmm. so it's more like, a, or, I guess you say ringtone. Yeah, it's that's, like, a, that's a genre, yeah. Yeah, so it's like that type of music. Okay. And then there's this long hallway to that seems like you're going somewhere the wrong way. Like halfway through, you're like, am I in the right area? Mm-hmm. And then there was a hip-hop section.
1: Okay, that's kind of dope.
0: And I had, yo, know, it was really dope, actually. Yeah. It was like, I, was, I, was, I, I saw so many black people there. I, I remember in the bathroom, I was like, listen, I've been in Utah for a couple of days. Where y'all at? <laughs> and he was like, we at work. I said, that makes sense. <laughs> so went there. We were there for a week. The first Saturday we get there, we go there, mm. and the DJ was great. Like, I wouldn't say ten out of ten. I'd be like nine out of ten because I'm, I don't think I've experienced a ten out of ten DJ yet. But wait, not, so what am I? You're a ten out of ten DJ. Okay, I was about to, I was about to leave.
1: I was about to get up. <coughs> well, I'm, no, I'm just, just saying, kidding. like, you know, like I've yeah. never
0: been to like a, you know, like a, a Coachella or, or anything like that. I never yeah. experienced like a big, big, like a big oh, crowd yeah, yeah. and see what that's like. I've only been like in intimate settings. Yeah, no, but was kidding. for me, ten out of ten for sure.
1: No, you could be honest. Yeah. I'll, mess, I'll mess with you. <laughs> uh,
0: oh, honest? I'm just kidding. Now, but <laughs> we, we went there and DJ was great. Like it was such a vibe. Like everybody there was a good time, whatever. So it like stuck with us. We're like, before mm-hmm. we leave, we have to go back. Mm-hmm. So we go, cover charge. We don't care. It was a vibe last time. We go. And it was a new DJ. And listen. I don't think, you know, you can't judge a DJ. But when I saw this DJ, I had a feeling like, oh, this is not about to be a good DJ. Mm -hmm. And it was like a weird thing going on. It was like a local rapper who had his whole posse on there. So the audio wasn't the best. And then when she went into the music, she just wasn't playing. Like she was playing songs that people enjoy, but just wasn't playing them the right way. Like it was just bad. It Mm. made me realize, like, man, like. They did like a DJ really can affect. Oh yeah, the entire like your entire decision of the place. And oh yeah. I hope they never brought her back. But like I remember like that second time. Like I remember me and my cousin were Lily driving home and like, yeah I ain't gonna lie, bro. That DJ was trash. He's he like I'm so glad you said it, but I just had to say that. <laughs>
2: no, that's
1: that's real. When I do when I uh, do weddings, and I've said this since the beginning, like what people remember it most importantly, is how beautiful the bride looked, <laughs> how good the food was, you know, every once in a while, and then how good the music was. Yeah, exactly. So those those decisions are so important. Mm-hmm. Um, it, if I'm not the right fit for you, then I'm not the right fit for you. I'm not salty because of it. it if that's your big day, if it, whatever type of event it is, whatever bar, club it is, I want the people to enjoy themselves whether I'm there or not. Yeah, but if I'm there, you're gonna enjoy yourself. Okay. But yeah, if I'm not the right fit for you, then that's just what it is.
0: Okay. So yeah. I want to, I want I want you to go into as, as comfortable as you are. I want you to go in that transition because you were. How long were you in Fresno when you went public, Oof. as far as DJing?
1: I've never actually. I need to do this and like sit back and and really like mark the years. Um, I'd say I was. Because I think, like, the last four years, four, maybe five years in Fresno, is when I went public. Um, so I was there for a good five, six years before. Okay. Yeah.
0: And, and I want to know, like, I want you to talk about, or well, even this, how, how, do, how does a DJ, like, measure... Um, I don't want to use the word success, but, like, how do you know you're getting better as a DJ... Like, what is that, like, how is that measured? Cause I, you know, I was thinking about it before, before we, we talked to him, like, is it money? Is it just the overall, the people who are inviting you on? Like, what does that look like as a DJ?
1: I think most importantly, it's what you want your goals to be. Mm-hmm. I could never get another gig, I pray to God that doesn't happen, but I could never get another gig after today. But I could be in my garage, really working on my skills okay and if that is my goal is to be the most skilled dj Mm -hmm. then me working every day in my garage is going to get me there okay if it's my goal to be the on a big coachella stage whatever i'm doing to get there i that's how i really uh measure success is what is your goal okay do you want to be a bedroom dj producer are you having a million streams? How how long did it take you to get there? That's that's the measurement. Um, I don't think every single DJ has the same goal. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Uh, I want to be my goal. To be honest, is right now is to tour with an artist, and I'm nice. working on that. That's in that's in the works right now. Nice. It's to tour with an artist. Um, just be an artist DJ, and um, I'm also a producer. Um, and so to actually make, um, you know, make streams off of that, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a pretty good goal, actually. Yeah. Speaking of, a uh, little plug. I just dropped a mixtape. It's called kay. DJ Case Mixtape. Uh, you can find it on Bandcamp. Nice. The link is below.
0: Okay. I'll make sure I'll put it in there. I
1: don't. I did not even know if he did that. I just was going to do it anyway.
0: It's okay. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to comment it's on like, it. It's like, it's happening. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's below. <laughs> so I, w- I want to ask you, you know, I remember we've talked talked about it, but I want you to go into like what, you know, that experience going public in Fresno and how that ended up ultimately getting you to L.A. Yeah, So, um,
1: Fresno, I had some good times and some hard times in Fresno. Um, Going public, I was able to um, gain a following. Uh, More people learned and knew about me. I guess that's that's the pros of it. I get I got to play in more areas. Um, But just to be honest, especially when you're just starting out club gigs, they don't pay. They do not pay like corporate and wedding gigs, too, even though they may be like a little bit more fun, depending on your style. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think wedding and corporate gigs are fun, too. Just to be honest, <laughs> um, any any place where someone is uh, where people are having a great time is fun to me. Exactly. If I'm curating the sound and you are dancing and, and forgetting that you got bills to pay that you got kids at home. <laughs> um, not like forgetting about the kids, yeah, but like, you know, I'm never
0: going back.
2: <laughs>
1: but, but like the big the, the responsibility and the, the heaviness on your shoulders. If you are on the dance floor and you're forgetting about that or even if you're just in your chair chilling and bobbing your head. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm having a good time. Um, it was a bit difficult going uh, public because the pay isn't the best. And ultimately, that's why I had to leave. Yeah. I had to leave Fresno because I was on big stages in Fresno, but I was getting paid pennies, yeah. just to be honest. Um, yeah, people, uh, they loved my sound, and they were able to use... Use me and use that sound. Shout out to all my sons in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> I um, y'all. Only reason I say that and only reason I have the ability to say that is because I was chilling somewhere. I forget what what bar it was, but uh, some random person came up to me and they were like, "What, DJ Case? I thought you were just down the street playing because I heard a DJ that sounded like you." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh my bad, I'm so unprofessional." You're good. Um, and they were like, yeah, I just, I heard a DJ that I thought it was you because they sounded like you. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. And that was like my last, uh, it was like the last two years that I was in Fresno. Oh, wow. So yeah. Shout out to my sons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm able to help, um, you know, just like form a, a culture yeah. and i think a lot of us are a lot of us have have some type of uh, influence in in the game and in what we do okay so there's a lot of there are people that I, that influence me out there mm-hmm. and um the skills that they have I, and that were able to teach me i, I walked away with mm-hmm. um but yeah for the most part i i had to leave because the pay just wasn't the best for me. Yeah. And it wasn't like I'm greedy and I'm like, I need this much. Like I literally was not able to live being being transparent with you. I had to move back to LA. Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then that move back, did it were you able to it, it I wanted to address that. I think it's cool I think it's crazy to think like so that's like the weird thing about being a creative. It's like <clears throat> if you it's like it's frowned upon to like sell out and do like if you went back to private events you would be like, oh what the But that's where the money is versus like I'm with the people and you're getting more notoriety and more people know you. But the money that doesn't equate as far as financial return.
1: Oh, definitely. And there are a lot of things that I could have done better. But that comes with age and growth and um, experience, like my business mind, even though I'm a hustler, I am a hustler. Yeah. Like uh I should have went to school for business. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Cause then I could have, you know, gotten those those uh the the technical um aspects of it and learned a bit more. Um so there are things I'm not just gonna say it, it's the culture and the people out there that stunted my growth. No. Yeah, no. They, I I have um, you know, some accountability. Yeah. And and it too, I could have done a lot of things better. Um but out here I'm able to I ha I got this tribe I got this tribe of musicians. Yeah that have really um you know, just they've watched what I and seen what I could do. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, you're dope And arms open, they've taken me up and um and they're helping to cultivate um truly like who I want DJ Case to be. Nice. Um so that's why like my goal right now It's not my overall goal, but my goal right now is to be a um, a musician, an artist, DJ, Okay. because I I love musicians like I love. I am a musician, but I I love a good band. (laughs) I love a great band. And that's like my friends are some of my favorite musicians for real. Like and I met them out here um, during the pandemic. Because I moved out here about six months before the pandemic, having no understanding, but God knew. Mm-hmm. He was like, it's time to come back home. Six months later, pandemic. And I was like, oh, thank God for the safety net. Because <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> if I was out in Fresno, it'd be over. It'd be a wrap, it. to be honest. But he brought me out here, um, did a little bit of a refinement, and now I'm on the up and up. Yeah, nice. Yeah. And so, surrounded by a, a great set of people with who are like-minded and who are working hard and who are amazing at the craft that they that they uh, do, the the skill and the talent that these people have, so amazing. And I'm just <laughs> like, um, for real, I'm like, dang. Not to be like, I'm not good enough, but like the fact that I get to be in the same circle as some of these people is amazing. And I thank God for that. Um, but yeah.
0: So I want to ask you something this is me a personal personal nerd to me cuz I was learning about I mean I don't think this defines an artist but I was learning about like like I watched a video clip of Jay-Z getting mad at the DJ cuz he was playing his song with the with the lyrics and I wanted you I want I kind of want you to explain that a little bit a little bit for me cuz like I don't think people know about like there's certain caliber of artists that don't use MP don't use their MP3 as far as like their song to release they actually Use the actual beat, and I want you to kind of go over like why that's a thing, and like what makes it better or worse.
1: It could just be the quality, mm-hmm. quality of the uh, MP3. Um, I'm getting into playback, and playback is um, basically, I think it's like a DJ and a producer. the The simplest way to explain it is like a DJ and producer at the same time, um, playing tracks for the band and the artist to hear. Um, and so that's that's um, I don't remember that specific instance, but I've seen so many videos of like artists, especially big artists, yelling at their DJs. Some of it has been the influence of drugs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of it has been um, just you know it's just not the, their their day. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and be like I haven't messed up because I have. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up plenty times, um, but I think it's like your yeah, your bounce back. Like how are you able to boom like get back and, and fix the situation, rectify it? Mm-hmm. That comes with experience. Um, yeah. learning how to oop, there's a problem, let me fix it in a few seconds, especially if it's live. If it's in practice, practice is where you can mess up. Exactly. But live I, you should not. That so makes no sense. um, Oh, yeah, I don't know the specific uh, instance and what was going on with the DJ. If he was, you know, it could be everything from like his blood sugar was low yeah. and it was hot. <laughs> like, now that I'm older, I think about stuff like that. Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> Where my blood sugar at right, right? now? Right, for real. Hey, did I like, drink enough ooh. water?
1: For real, like why am I not thinking clearly?
0: Yeah. L- it
1: could literally be like because I did not have a bottle of water that today.
0: So I want to end it in the, I guess it's part of conversation on like how... Now that you're here in L.A., like what, I know you talked about it a little bit as far as like the artists have, have put you on and you've been blessed to work with these kind of people, but how has that, like, or I should say it like this, like what advice could you give somebody who might be scared to go into a bigger scene like L.A. or like whatever the next bigger city is to, to expand, their, expand themselves as far as a brand?
1: That's good. Um, what do you want to do? Figure out what you want to do. You're going to have to figure out what it's going to take to get there. Because, again, I, I mentioned I was an introvert. When I came to, back to L.A., I was like, I really want to DJ. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have this, this job, this 9 to 5, but I ultimately would love to DJ, and this is the place to do it. What, how am I going to get myself out of my comfort zone, which is being at home <laughs> or being in a corner somewhere?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: How am I going to do that? I have to go meet people. One of the first things I did was I'm, I rolled up to um, Delicious Pizza, aka Delicious Vinyl, and um, shout out to to DJ Kid Fresh, um, and that whole crew. And I'm still like really tight with them to this day. Um, I walked in and it was a whole like DJ meetup, and I'm talking about DJs who are touring with um, Next. And, wow. and, um, what's it Drew Hill? Like, yeah. Wow. And they're in there cutting up. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I found them on Instagram. I'm going to go and I'm going to DJ. And the first day I was like, okay, I'm just gonna chill. But 15 minutes in, I was like, Oh, I can do this. And I sat there and I put like 15 songs together and I killed my set mm-hmm. and they were so impressed. Now, had I just gone home straight after work, I, w- I wouldn't be sitting here right mm-hmm. now. I would still be at my nine to five. I would still be just you know just just chilling and hoping. <laughs> maybe I could be a DJ one, one day, but I, I got out of my comfort zone, and you can still be yourself in the, these spaces, because ultimately yourself is what's going to draw people and what's going to keep people. No one wants to, to um, meet someone who's fake. Yeah, be yourself. But there are f- a few things that you're going to have to do to get out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. You got to get it. You got to get out the house. <laughs> that's the first thing and that's coming from an introvert. Yeah, you, for real. You got to meet people, um, walk into a room and there's this thing that I'm trying to like, walk into the room and and act like you're supposed to be there because ultimately you are. Mm-hmm. And if you've been working on your skill, your talent, whatever it is, your craft, that will speak for you louder than any conversation, but you still have to have a conversation with people. And I'm still working on that. I'm, <laughs> st- I'm still so shy. It's crazy. <laughs> but I'm getting a lot better at it because I I know that um, n- not to be like morbid or anything, but I don't have that much time left. Yeah. So I got to get to where I'm, I'm trying to get now. Exactly. Definitely.
0: I love that. I know we hear it all the time, but I have to play this broken record again. There's no such thing as an overnight success. DJ Case had 5 years of experience DJing private events before we ever saw her on a public stage. Not to mention the one year she took teaching herself to mix at her own house parties. Once she finally came onto the scene, she immediately started to shake rooms and inspired a new sound around Fresno. She took on bigger and bigger stages, but there was a major caveat. Though she was gaining notoriety, she was taking a major hit financially. She realized if she wanted to continue to grow in her career, she would have to make the hard decision to get out of her comfort zone and move back home. It's easy to continue to be great where you are, but to evolve, you have to have the gall to take yourself to new heights. DJ Case decided to move back, but instead of being humble, she chose to show the LA scene she belonged there. Now, she has found her tribe and is on the path to realize new goals. But with success comes balance. So let's listen and understand how she uses intentionality to balance her new levels of success. And So I'm going to, the most important part, like the reason why the show is called Creative Balance is because I want to kind of, you know, I feel like especially the people our our age, they like, they know, they have an idea what they want to do, but they don't know how to maintain that while we'll also maintaining a, a social life, you might say. And first of all, appreciate you, Omar, for letting us stay a little longer. We're about to close it off with this. But I, I kind of want to go, I want you to go into, because we talked about it before we started, and I want you to go into how do you balance such such an ambitious thing as far as being a creative, which puts you in a lot of places at one time. How do you balance that with having you know, a social life, whether that be family, friends, significant other, your pets? Like, how, how do you, how, what does that look like? What are some of the yeah. things you do to make that work?
1: It's difficult, um, but I, I feel like it's just being intentional um, in those times where you do spend um, time with your family, with if you have a significant other, um, with your friends, with your pets. Um, one thing that I've learned very quickly is when I am not home, my cat feels it and my dog feels it. So when I'm home and I have 20 minutes, I'm sitting there playing with them. I'm being intentional with them. When I'm at home with my family, I try my best <laughs> to, um, to have conversations and to, to do the things that I can for them when I'm there. Um, because just like that, I gotta hop in the shower and I gotta be out for a gig and then come back. And and there are many times where I'm tired. I'm tired, but also like setting those times apart, knowing what time is good to, um, knowing what capacity you have really. Like you can run, 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 but you're gonna get ragged. So taking care of yourself and then taking care of the people. You gotta take care of yourself first and then take care of the people around you and also take care of business. It is difficult. Life is not easy at all. There's nothing that I can tell you that's going to make life easier for you. But learning how to balance your life will make it more manageable. Okay.
0: Yeah. And what, it, so, is there, is there, because um, I've definitely been in a situation, I've been in my own situation where I let the grind take hold. Uh, and I remember somebody talking about you know if you're juggling balls you know your social life is like a crystal ball mm. the other balls might be rubber you know if you if you drop the rubber ball of like s- success and career it'll like bounce back but if you drop that crystal ball of like your kind of like your family or something like that it might crack that's good yeah so i i definitely think it's important about being intentional so i want to ask you about um like, what are some of the, like, the tools you might use? Like, I know you, you talked about being intentional, but like, what are some of the tools you use? Because I know you even said, like, going from inviting friends to a set versus hanging out with them outside of that. Like, what are some of the things you have to, you have to do?
1: Yeah, that's, that's one thing we were talking about before, um, before the cameras were on. Um, just, it, it, as a creative, as a musician, it, it is hard to, like, find the time to hang out with your homies when you're not working. Um, because like, if you're, especially like if you're gigged up every single weekend and it's like, Hey, come out to this, come out to that. Um, it's about finding those moments where it's like, okay, I can have a drink on a Tuesday night. Can you, <laughs> cause I'd like to have a conversation with you where I'm not having to go DJ in like 15 minutes Yeah. or you're not performing on like stage, like, because a lot of my friends are creatives also. Some aren't, some are. So it's just about finding those times where we can hang out. Sometimes uh, with my creative friends, it's about hanging out after the gig. And, yeah, we're out till, like, 4 o'clock in the morning just talking about life. Um, But also, like, just FaceTiming people, texting people, checking in. Life is so crazy, you got to check in with your people. And I know this, and I'm saying it, knowing that I haven't checked in with some people. Mm -hmm. But life is crazy. Like, I... Coming off of this, I think I've been to like five funerals this oh, wow. year alone started the year with the funeral oh wow it's life is crazy yeah yeah, and that that takes a toll, so check in with your people um, because it, we don't have a lot of time left
0: yeah yeah so also want to on the mental on the mental part because you know. Um, to like kind of piggyback off the check-in like how do you how do you maintain your mental wellness you know as far as like like example you you made the necessary step to like leave Fresno and come to come to LA part of it was financial but I imagine a lot of that was also a mental a mental relief how do you prioritize like the mental state like while also having that does that like like what does that look like for you
1: Um, I cannot find joy in the things that I want to do, the things that I love, if my mental is, is so jacked up from (laughs) everything else. Yeah. And I'm saying this literally after, like, I quit my job. I had to quit my job because my mental, my spiritual and my physical, um, everything was just, was jacked up. Yeah to where the point where I had to have beyond prescriptions and I was limping because my, and I wasn't smiling or talking all day. Yeah. And I'd come home and just go straight to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do I DJ? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly.
1: How do I DJ after that? Yeah, I have a, a job and yeah, my bills are being paid, but now how do I, how do I live after that? So I had to make the choice to say, hey, if I really want to be creative and I really want to even just have joy in life as someone who believes that that yes, this world is not perfect and yes i'm I'm working towards a higher goal and 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 um, working towards going somewhere else, but I need to find joy here. I wasn't doing that where I was, so I had to make the decision to figure out am I going to be super financially stable Mm
2: -hmm.
1: in a sense or am I going to find stability in all these other things and after making that choice God was like you'll be good financially don't worry (laughs) and I was like okay cool so so that's what we're doing Nice. so it's about balance I keep saying it like as you get older you learn I got to balance things I gotta, I have to balance friends, family, work, joy, fun, play, everything. Like, you can't have too much of anything. I got to balance the things that I eat or else I'm not going to feel well. <laughs> for real.
0: No, for real. <laughs> I, I can attest to that one recently. Been yeah. ripping and running and eating fast food. And literally, mm-hmm. like, the other day I was sitting there looking at this croissant sandwich. And I'm like, bro, I don't want this. I want some oatmeal and some bananas, bro. Like.
1: <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's just like, OK, what what is going to do the best for me? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that just comes with the maturity and the, and um, and just really like, OK, what do I want? Mm-hmm. All right, great. What am I willing to let go of to get what I want? And that's where I'm at.
0: Nice. I appreciate you, D.D. D. Case. This has been yeah. a, a great interview. I do. I really appreciate you for giving me the time, you know. I know what? coming back from birthday, you're probably like, man, I don't want to be here. <laughs>
1: no, this was great. My <laughs> hair was done. So this is perfect. <laughs> perfect timing. I know, right? That's but crazy.
0: I do want you to um, you know, that's your camera right there. I want you to, you know, tell people where to find you and what you got going on.
1: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, uh DJ Case Mix. That's DJ K-A-S-E-M-I-X. Twitter is kind of uh, crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram. Also, uh, on Instagram, if you check the link tree in my bio, you'll find everything else. The mixtape is at the top. Uh, you can uh, click the link and download it for $3 or more. Uh, it's $3 because I turned 33. Yeah, nice. So. Yeah, I dropped all my uh, my blends, my my case mixes of the week. And that's basically just your favorite acapellas with your favorite instrumentals that aren't supposed to go together, but they do. Yeah. Right. You can find them there. Um, Yeah. You can just, you know, just hit me up.
0: Appreciate you. Thank you again.
1: Yeah. Thank you. This was dope. (laughs) And shout out to 88 Keys like this place. Oh, yeah. Yo, if you're in this area, if you're in L.A., come visit, come, you know, leave a tip. The drinks are amazing. The vibe is amazing. If you're a musician, they do events here. Hit them up.
0: Exactly. Appreciate you.
1: All right. Appreciate you, too. All right, y'all. Peace.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Creative Balance Show with the very inspiring DJ Case. I don't know about you, but I'm inspired to be more well-rounded in my own craft. To find out more about the show and find other episodes like this, check out woozyapparel.com forward slash pod, or you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to your podcast. If you're watching a video version, do me a favor, like this video and subscribe for more content. To my audio listeners, if you enjoyed the episode, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot. This is Najara, better known as woozy and thank you for listening to the creative balance show presented by woozy apparel